is Jimmy Scroggins, and I'm the lead pastor of Family Church in South Florida. Welcome to the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. On our podcast, we're committed to giving you scalable ideas that you can use with the resources you have right now at your church. So welcome to Church for the Rest of Us. Hey, thanks for joining us today for our series called Multi-Site for the Rest of Us. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, I'd encourage you to go back. We've had some great conversations with people like Jim Tomerlin, the multi-site guy himself. But for today's episode, we have my good friend, Family Church Gardens, Pastor Aaron Philippone, and another mutual friend of Aaron's mind, Pastor Nick Floyd. And as always, Leslie Bennett is here co-hosting the podcast. And so we're going to have a conversation about how to choose a campus pastor. Leslie, Talk a little bit about our topic today. Yeah, well, I think both of these men have a lot of experience in this area choosing campus pastors. So let's go ahead and let you tell us a little bit about yourselves and to our listeners. So where you are, where you serve. Aaron, let's start with you. Sure. Yeah. My name is Aaron Philippone, and I've been on the podcast a few times and serve here at Family Church. I'm in my 12th year at Family Church. Married to Amanda, we have four children. So I've served in multiple roles here at Family Church. I started as our student pastor. Uh, helping with all of our middle school, high school, and college students, and did that for a few years. And then about seven years ago, went to be the campus pastor at our Palm Beach Gardens campus. And uh, then about three or four years ago, started leading the team of campus pastors here at Family Church. So that's my role. And so Aaron, you've had all these different seats on the bus, and you've been a part of our team here since 2010, and such a vital leader for everything that we've done. And you're really going to be helpful on this topic, because that's what you do all day, every day, probably more than you want. Do a lot of it. What about you, Nick? Tell us about your family, your church, and what's going on there in Arkansas. Yeah, married to Meredith, who is a Florida girl, by the way. Yeah, come on. And so we met in college. Mary, we have four kids ranging all the way from ninth grade to first grade, three girls, one boy. So there's a lot of crying in our house. and uh, (laughs) A lot of estrogen, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. I've been pastoring cross church in Northwest Arkansas for almost three years now, about, about two and a half years. So it's been a good journey. You've been the lead pastor, but before that, what were you doing? Yeah, I worked at Crosschurch. I've been also kind of about like Aaron, I've been at Crosschurch 12, 13 years. I helped start a campus, kind of serve as a teaching pastor as well. So primarily spent about nine years at our Fayetteville campus, which is just right around the corner from the University of Arkansas. All right. So tell us about how many campuses you have, what that kind of looks like and how you structure that. Yeah, absolutely. We have three campuses as of now. We've had up to five. We merged one uh, in with another, and we just let one go and help spin it independently. Uh, about a year ago, we're still kind of in a financial partnership with them, but they are their own church. They've changed the name of the church. They're thriving. And so as of right now, we are at three campuses. In your scheme, Nick, tell us what a campus pastor would typically do. Yeah, a campus pastor in our structure really is responsible for the day-to-day ministry The day-to-day shepherding aspect, they're the ones that are closest to the people. They would lead the staff on their specific campus. And so they really are able to lead the day-to-day operation of the campus in our church setting. And then on Sunday mornings, what would a typical campus pastor's role be? Most of them do not preach. They may fill in, uh, but we have uh, myself and then I have two teaching pastors who we rotate amongst the three campuses. And so a campus pastor, mainly on Sundays... They may do what we call a ministry time, which is just kind of a time of ministry in the middle of the service and worship and help cover announcements, lead the staff, all that kind of stuff on a Sunday morning. But you guys do live teaching, but the teaching pastors do that. 
We do. Yeah, we have one campus that has one services simulcasted, but the others are all live. And so the majority of our services are all live preaching between me and the other guys. All right. And Aaron, why don't you catch everybody up? I think our listeners know, but why don't you just give a quick overview of what the role of the campus pastor is? Yeah. So at Family Church, we like to say that campus pastors are in charge of people, logistics, and quality control. So very similar to what Nick is mentioning, uh, we do have live preaching in all of our environments. So the majority of our campus pastors are also teaching pastors. Some of our campuses have a teaching pastor that is separate from the campus pastor. But in the majority of our context, they're much smaller campuses. I'd say small to medium-sized campuses between 200 and 400 and live preaching and three different languages. So you know, we have three campuses in Spanish, one in Portuguese as well. Yeah. That's a lot of campuses that you're responsible for. We don't for, even yeah. know what's happening there. So like, they can really be doing whatever they want. We just don't right. know. We think it's good. Yeah. That's the honest answer, honestly. That's the honest yeah. answer. I'm they really seem happy at staff meeting. They do. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So there's a lot of people in the mix, obviously, as you lead a multi-site church. And so how does it look to staff up a multi-site church specifically when you're looking for a campus pastor? We've also found that the best campus pastors or lead pastors, which we use those terms sometimes uh, interchangeably, and sometimes we talk about campuses and churches interchangeably. But we think the best campus pastors have experience being kids pastors or youth pastors because they're doing a lot of the day-to-day ministry that a campus pastor or a lead pastor is going to do. They're preparing messages on a regular basis. They're recruiting volunteers on a regular basis. They're leading meetings. And so they've gained the experience that's needed in a role like this. So as we look to fill the positions, how do we look? Do we look inside or outside? Nick, do you guys have a leadership pipeline like Aaron's speaking about where you're raising people up? How does it work across church? Yeah, that's a great question. We do have a school of ministry where it's a one-year residential experience. So probably right now, 30% of our ministry staff is from the school of ministry. At some point, have gone through that. Campus pastors, it's all kind of a mixed bag there. We have one who is a former children's pastor. One was a former student pastor at the church. Another one, you know, was at a smaller campus that we moved into a larger campus. So all three of the, really two of the three were internal hires. And the third, we hired back for actually this third time at Crusher. So he just needs to stop leaving. <laughs> That's know, right. Back. But yeah, I think when we can elevate internally, that's best, but that just didn't always work. But we try to when we can. Is your school of ministry, do you have as part of your goal, is that to staff cross church or is that primarily aimed at bringing guys in to send them back out? Both and, really. We've talked about it as a farm club of we bring them in and if they're sharp and they do a great job, we take just as much pleasure in sending them out and trying to get them placed. And so it's been one of the best things we've done for sure. Aaron, I wonder how you feel about that internal versus external. Yeah. I mean, I would love to keep everyone here as long as we possibly can, because I just so love the people that God's brought to us. At the same time, I agree with Nick. I mean, sometimes the best thing for them is to launch them out and help them be successful where they are. Ultimately, every person is responsible for their own happiness and their own fulfillment in ministry. And so we want to help them fulfill the calling that God's placed on them. If we can do it at Family Church, we're going to try and do everything we can to try and do that even if it means moving seats on the bus. But at the same time, there does come a time every now and then where someone would be much more fulfilled in their calling to go somewhere else. Yeah. So what do we do? Because it can be a little complicated bringing somebody into a multi-site organization, or maybe somebody's listening today and they're just thinking about going multi-site and they don't have a leadership pipeline. So if you were bringing someone in from the outside, what would you be looking for, Nick? Yeah, it's a great question. In my mind, I think there's three things. And this is kind of my personal filter. 
that works for us. And I would assume it's, you know, can work anywhere. They got to be a leader at our church, just like any other church in a multi-site environment. If they're not a leader, they're going to get swallowed very quickly. Uh, I think they have to be a people person. If you're not likable and you don't like people, that's the wrong role. I mean, it's a people or any business in general, but especially the role of campus pastor. And then I think they got to be a process guy. Like you got to know church. You got to know like basic, fundamental, almost education principles. If we go old school terminology here, like you just got to know church. So in my mind, whether honestly, whether it's internal or external, I think it's got to be those three things. Leader, people, person, process guy. How do you see it, Aaron? Yeah, totally agree with everything Nick's saying. By the way, I have studied Nick and his church. And so like most of the things you're going to see at Family Church are a copycat of what they're already doing. And uh, they were a part of my dissertation. So really love their pipeline and what they're doing there. We're looking for a proven grower. So we want somebody who has a track record of actually growing something, whether it's a small group, a youth group, a kids ministry, a campus, a church, no matter what. We want someone who's winsome enough so that when they throw a party, people show up. <laughs> they have this magnetic attractiveness to them that's going to give them the convening power of leading an organization, leading a church. So that's crucial. Obviously, character, we're looking for high levels of character and morality in the way that they live and the Timothy and Titus qualifications of an overseer. Competencies, we want them to have basic competencies, but really we can teach them almost anything that they need to know as long as they are willing to work hard and we feel like there's a, a really good cultural chemistry between us. That's good. Hey, now, now sometimes, so we all would like to hire from within and that would be our, I think that would be everyone's first instinct and first impulse. But there are times when we look around and say, we don't have anybody with the skill set or the, the season isn't right or whatever. And so we have to look outside. What do you think what are kind of the triggers that would push you to look outside instead of inside? I think when you need to make a significant impact in a role, for instance, we're, I'm in the middle of hiring an outside guy right now who's never been a part of our church or anything like that. Okay. I like to think about, I'm a sports guy, so I just naturally think sports here. I think the best organizations build their teams through the draft, if we're talking NFL here. But it sure helps when Tom Brady becomes a free agent and ends up <laughs> yeah. with the Bucks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Every once in and a while, you got to go to the portal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I think the more internal we can go, the better. But man, sometimes you just got to realize you need a free agent to come in that you don't have on the team that can really impact the church. We had that situation with a worship guy recently that just took the whole campus up. He's a free agent. Okay. Like he was somewhere else that we had to go hire. He wasn't on our team. So I agree, Jimmy. It's best when it's internal, but man, there's sometimes when an external hire can just bring a totally different perspective and a total new juice to the organization. Yeah. We say, Aaron. Yeah. It's nice to have fresh ideas. And so part of being in an organization where we're hiring a lot from within, many times our ideas are, they're very good and they're well-baked, but sometimes they're a little inbred. And so if we can have someone from the outside. Inbred. Can we say that? (laughs) What is that right there? I don't know. Hey, I'm I'm on here. I'm Arkansas. (laughs) Yeah. So we like to have some fresh ideas come to the table. And I also think it helps whenever, when you're trying to push a new agenda or you're trying to make massive change, it helps bringing in someone from the outside that can help with that. I remember when I went to the Gardens campus, I went there, the Gardens campus was formed together from two churches, Palm Beach Community Church and Family Church Abacoa. And one of the benefits I had from not being from within either of those congregations is I didn't know who was from where. And so I was able to come in and just love everybody. 
no matter where their background, no matter what happened there. I don't know all the institutional history, but I could quickly learn it and love the people. And it really gave me an advantage. Yeah, I think that's very helpful. And Nick, I love your analogy of the football team uh, building through the draft versus bringing in a free agent. I'll be repeating be using that. that. Yeah, that's, that's going to go in yeah. Lexington. I didn't think you really liked football analogies. So well, every once in a while changing. I find yeah. one. I don't really that's understand good. them, but every once yeah. in a while that's I, good. <laughs> I find one. Well, I think one of the biggest probably challenges that I see in terms of a multi-site structure is you get a lot of strong leaders, like you've already talked about, it's important to have a strong leader, proven grower. These are mostly guys that could probably be leading on their own. How do we do that well? Like, Nick, what are some things you've learned that help you do that well at Cross Church? Yeah, I mean, I think those are the guys you want. I mean, they really are. And I would say all three of ours could go pastor churches right now and do very well. And so I think that you've got to create an environment where they feel like they can lead and also lead in such a way where they're at a place where they know they can grow while they're there. And you know what? Sometimes God calls people out and they'd be a campus pastor for a season and then God's calling them to more. One of ours, I believe, will be a pastor. A senior pastor wants to be that. We've communicated about that. And there's going to come a point where we're going to send him out and it's going to be right. I think if they just view this as a season of training. It really can help them move forward in their preparation. I think that's a good point, Nick, too, especially if you have guys that maybe have an openness or even an aspiration of being a lead pastor or a senior pastor, but you're bringing them into a position where their primary role is not going to be teaching in your scheme. And so the only way for them to move into a more of a teaching role is to move. But so you see it, you're self-conscious about the developmental nature of that position. Yeah, for sure. I would say the guy that will go pastor. I mean, he's getting his PhD in preaching right now. I mean, like he's just a guy that you see as a senior pastor. He can preach already. In some ways, he doesn't. I mean, we all need to grow, but that's not his deal. What the next few years can provide for him is all the internal stuff of leading a large church, people side of that, the staff side of that, the, all the systems. Like that's what's going to prepare him to be a pastor. He already can preach. He could go preach right now. But as you know, There's a whole lot more to this thing than preaching. And I say to people, preaching is such a large part of my job and such a small part of my job. Man, I could not agree more. Aaron, what say you? There's no such thing as greenest grass. And so one of the things that we try to help our campus pastors see is the benefit of being in a network. You know, uh, it's easy to focus on what you don't have when you're not the lead guy, when you're not the final decision maker. But it's really good to focus on what you do have. And it's really nice that we're in a network of churches where I don't have to worry about the leaky roof and I don't have to worry about when the air condition breaks and I don't have to worry about when we're getting sued and I don't have to worry about all of the budget issues and the fundraising and all of the things that have to happen if you're in the lead pastor chair. And so there's no such thing as greenest grass. So you're going to have great things happening in this seat. You're going to have great things happening in the other seat. So figure out how to thrive where you are. One thing I see you all doing really well is casting vision for that, you know, that we're all part of the same family. Mm -hmm. So, well, let's close with this, all three of you. What's one piece of advice that you would give a pastor who's looking to hire a campus pastor or another leader for his church right now? Nick, let's start with you. Yeah, I think it's a lot about fit. I mean, they got to fit with you. They got to fit with the church. And do you trust them? I mean, that's what I would start with. Obviously, all the character stuff, godliness, that's a given. But man, they got to fit. They don't fit. It's not going to work. Yeah, 100%. 
That's why most of the people that work here are people that we've known for a long time. And we go after our friends because you can't make new old friends. And it's just really nice when you have people that you love. To work that's why with. Nick keeps hiring the same guy three times. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> exactly. He gets to bring back the devil that he knows. Yeah, I would say just to echo some of the things that have already been said. One, Leslie, I think the proven grower is an important thing because I don't want to figure out if they are going to be able to grow something from the seat that we're going to put them out. I want to buy where we're growing something before. Two, I think chemistry, as Nick just said, is very powerful. So do they fit on the team? Do we like being together? Do we like serving together? Do our families like each other? Like all that stuff's important. But then as you bring people onto your team, I just think people who are willing to be an extension of the larger vision and leadership instead of an alternative to the larger vision and leadership. Because sometimes when you bring in strong leaders, what you find out is they really aren't willing to be the extension of a larger organization. They want to be an alternative and uh, that's just not going to work. And so I think being able to talk about that and really define that and make that clear is really important. All right, guys. Thanks so much, Nick. I appreciate you being here. Aaron, thanks for sharing with us again at Family Church. And I'd like to thank all of our listeners. And I want you to know that it's not too late for you to register for this year's Church for the Rest of Us conference, churchfortherestofus.com. We have a great lineup of workshops, and it's all made possible by some great sponsors like Church Answers, who is your source for church health tools and training that actually works. Also, Liberty University is one of our sponsors, developing Christ-centered men and women with the values, knowledge, skills essential to impact the world. Thank you so much again for listening. I'm Jimmy Scroggins signing off for Leslie Bennett, Aaron Philippone, and Nick Floyd, Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are church for the rest of us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel.